Welcome to Leader Spotlight. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of leaders, their personal journeys, and put a spotlight on leaders of leaders and share an inside look at success. Hello, everyone. I'm Annette Klazowski, your host. I'm an executive coach, a speaker, a peer advisory board leader, a sports junkie, and kind of really all things health and fitness. And of course, if you've listened for very long, you know I'm a dog lover. And I also have the privilege of working with my co-host and producer, Annie Brown. Annie is a marketing and social media guru, and I say all things creative and clever. And um, the one thing about Annie, though, is she's a cat lover. I don't know. I don't know if you like dogs as much as I do, but I do know you um, fostered. You had a foster fail, right? You fostered a cat. Yeah. That now is your. You own the cat. Now yeah, she's. New, yeah. She went from a. I was being a good Samaritan, and I went from a, a good Samaritan to a mother really fast. <laughs> That's what I would do. I can't foster anything. <laughs> yeah, and it's basically like my whole life is this cat now. So it's, uh, you know, that's that's what you get for volunteering, I guess. Yeah, that's good, though. That's oh, I good. Love it. Yeah, it was the, the best thing that happened to me uh, during the pandemic, for sure. And I do I do love dogs, especially your dogs. Your dogs are especially cute. Aw, well, thank you. Well, we want to thank our listeners. So um, we are very grateful all the reviews you leave, leave us. Any Anything you want to say? I'll yeah, just really appreciating all the feedback we're getting and, um, you know, the, the podcast is doing really well and everybody following us on Instagram. We really appreciate it. If you do like the show, like an episode, be sure to share on your socials, but also uh, if you could leave us a review, that's that's an easy way to, to help us out a lot. So we really appreciate it. I know, and we got an honor. Yes. We got... So that that helps. So you you have to share about our honor, our award we received. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a top. Um, I believe it was top executive podcasts uh, list. So we'll we'll put that out on social. And also, don't forget that if you go to annetteklazowski dot com slash leader spotlight, we'll have an updated uh, resources page. So you'll have access to all the past episodes plus all the resources mentioned on all past episodes as well. So today you will hear from Jackie Stiles. This is probably one of my favorite interviews I've done. She played basketball for a small high school and she went on to have a record-breaking collegiate career. She played um, at Southwest Missouri State and while she was there, she became the first NCAA Division I woman player to score more than a thousand points in a season. She also took the Wade Trophy, which is the honor for the best women's basketball player in college ranks, and also was named the Collegiate Woman Athlete of the Year. She played with the USA basketball team in 2000, um, and they won the gold in Taiwan. She has fought through a lot in her life, as you know, leaders always find out. It's not just about the job, right? It's about the whole life. So she has fought through cancer, and she is truly an inspiration. She knows how to mentor, 
And she's very candid about her struggles as well as how she stayed motivated to play and perform at such an elite level. So I asked her about, um, what did your parents do to motivate you at such a young age? Because it just seemed to be innate. Um, Because if I could figure out how to bottle that, I think I could make millions. But as you will see, she's truly a leader of leaders and she is a continual learner, which is, I think, why you will really enjoy hearing from her. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about this episode because I played in high school myself and basketball definitely um, builds your discipline and, and leadership skills, maybe maybe more so than others. I think I did pretty good, but you know, I was on the bench quite a bit. So excited to hear her story. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really an honor, and I really appreciate you making the time to be with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on. Well, your story is fascinating, and I think if um, anybody knows anything about basketball, they will know your name. But I do want to start with just a little bit of a background of what you have accomplished, because you actually started in high school. I mean, just your performance in basketball in high school was at a level that most people don't see, but you were one of the best scorers in the NCAA women's college basketball history. You were the first player to score a thousand points in a season. And during your four years at Missouri state, you scored like over 3,300 points, which was an NCAA record that stood until I think 2017 Um, 2016, you were inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, Interesting, alongside Oklahoma head coach Sherry Cole, which I think it was two or three years later, you were coaching beside her. Um, You're really a legend in women's basketball, and I know that there are so many young women that look up to you. And I just find it's fascinating that you had such great success because even through your four years at Missouri State, which had as a freshman, were you 18 when you were a freshman? Uh, yeah, I was probably 17, 18, 18. Yeah, around there. Okay. All Gosh, right. That's it's... a lot of years ago. <laughs> well, and thanks so much. We won't young. say how many. I don't want to date myself. <laughs> yeah. My, my whole motto is don't do the math. <laughs> but I mean, you broke yeah. so many records. You led um, your team to win the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. You had a berth in the NCAA Tournament as a number five seed. You made it to the Sweet 16. You upset number one seeded Duke. You played in the Elite Eight, made it to the Final Four. I mean, it's you played in the women's NBA. So it's, it's just fascinating to me because that's a lot of accomplishment in a short period of time. So I want to talk a little bit about like, what did your parents do, first of all, that just gave you, and I know you have God-given talent, but that just gave you the drive to excel at that level. Well, um, I was very fortunate that my dad was a basketball coach and I can remember, um, he coached the varsity boys at my high school and I could remember just following him to the gym and couldn't wait. He would show me a fundamental and I couldn't wait to show him that I could master it. And I just fell in love with it there. Like I would ride on the buses with the guys to the games and just, I wanted to be around it as much as I could. And I actually told my second grade teacher 
that I was going to play professional basketball one day. And that was before professional basketball even existed. The WNBA <laughs> was not around yet, but I just had that vision from a very young age that basketball was what I wanted to be good at. Um, but then on into high school, I'm from a town of 600 people. So, you know, most people thought, oh, you know, would I even be able to play division one basketball just because I'm from a small town? Like I said, I was very fortunate to have a lot of incredible coaches along the way. And it just so happened that um, my very first AU tournament when I was 12 years old, which sounds like it's way late because now there's bitty basketball, but it's, the opportunities <laughs> weren't like they are now, you know? And so um, I'm playing my first tournament and there happens to be a coach at Missouri State there to watch the younger girls play, but she was just killing time. She leans over to my dad and says, who's that number five? And um, my dad's like, well, that's my daughter. And she, she stayed around after and talked to me and she's like, if you keep working, you could one day play division one basketball. And we just got done watching them play in their very first final four. And that's when I knew, okay, basketball was what I really wanted to be good at. And it gave me kind of that hope that I, I could do it potentially. I could play division one basketball. And so that's where I really honed in and started, you know, focusing on basketball, but I was a four sport athlete in Claflin. You played all sports so you could have teams basically. Um, <laughs> But, you know, just so fortunate to have, you know, the fundamentals shown to me at a very young age. My parents both work extremely hard and I learned the importance of a work ethic, you know, very young. So very fortunate to be um, around a lot of great people and support when I was young. Did you understand, like going into college, because uh, I just think of how young that is and uh, I think we put so much pressure on college athletes and, and we have to forget that they're young people. Did you understand the pressure that you had and what was really going on or did you just go play? Well, the crazy thing is I probably set higher standards for myself than anybody else could on the planet. I just, um, I always um, expect a lot of, my, of myself and I've always been very hard on myself. So that's really probably my, the greatest pressure is what I put on myself, but I've always handled that um, with my work ethic because I wanted, I did not want anyone out there to work harder than me. And this is crazy, but my mindset was I wanted to be the best to ever play. I didn't tell people that, but that was my internal goal is to be the best to ever play the game, which I know sounds absolutely crazy. You know, I'm five, eight from a town of 600 people, but I didn't want anyone out there to be outworking me. So that was like my mentality. And, um, you know, so when I got on the court, I knew that I'd put the time in and I just had to go play. Yes, obviously I felt pressure at times, but that's really how I handled it was um, through my work ethic. So what, you know, I, I always said, if I could figure out the light switch to, for people to turn on, to tap into that part of them, because I think we limit ourselves, you know, most of us limit ourselves and cause we don't believe, or we don't say I'm going to be the best that ever was. So what it's always said, if I could ever figure out how to flip that light switch on, I could, I could make millions, but so how did you, I mean, I know you grew up with a dad that was a coach. How did you manage to kind of keep having to flip that switch on? I mean, cause I know there had to be times you were, you know, kind of discouraged or had issues, but like, how did you keep that on? Well, you know, one thing is one, I'm ultra competitive. Um, I absolutely hate to lose. So that was part of my driving force is just, I'm a, I'm a competitor. And I've always wondered, was I 
born with that or did I learn that, you know, you know, just growing up in the environment that I did, I'm not sure, but I just, I'm something inside me is just fiercely competitive. And the second thing is I had a, my youngest sister passed away when I was 12. She became my inspiration. I was going to dedicate all my success to her. And I think really the only way to truly accomplish something great is for a reason bigger than yourself. And I knew she didn't get that chance. So I was really going to make something out of myself and, and dedicate those accomplishments to her. So I think that also gave me that extra driving force to truly be the best I could be. Um, so I would say, um, you know, those two things, but definitely when you're tr trying to accomplish something great, you are going to face those difficulties. And, you know, like one, one example, but it ended up being the biggest blessing was I broke my wrist my sophomore year in high school and I had to play left hand. I sat out four weeks, had to play left hand in the next four weeks. And I had one, when I came out of that cast, I had one of the worst performances in the state tournament. We were in the semis and I was four out of 21 from the field. And I was devastated at that point. I was embarrassed. You know, I let my team down. And that right there, I could have said, you know what, basketball is not worth it. I'm not going to invest as much time. But I said, no, I want to be even better than before that injury. And I vowed to make a thousand shots every day. And that, and it was from that injury, you know, that even, you know, made me better because it, it um, you know, I wanted to take it to the next level with my work ethic. So you are going to face those difficult times, but it's continuing to believe in yourself and to be able to continue to put the work in during those times because nothing great comes easy and it is going to be tough, but you just got to keep that belief in yourself and keep working towards what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. It's interesting that um, you took probably some of the lowest times of your life and created motivation out of those, because I don't think sometimes, um, you know, if we, if we have the power to change our mind, we have the power to do anything we want. Cause I think our mind holds us back. So it's interesting that because again, you were in high school and then young in college to be able to take those difficult things that you that challenged you and create motivation. Like it's fascinating to me because everybody has that power. Like, you know, everybody has that magic power to do that for themselves, but they don't. And so when I meet somebody like you that has not only just accomplished a lot, but has faced a lot of adversity and turned that around. Um, it's, I'm interested to know like what went on in your head and what were those battles like? Because, you know, I think we all face those. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, every single one of the different adversities that I faced have been extremely tough, you know, and, you know, I've had those moments where, you know, maybe I didn't want to get out of bed. I was just devastated at the time. But in the end, any adversity you face, you have to just find the positive and the gift from it because there is always a gift and a silver lining if, if you're willing to get yourself up and find it. Now, it, it's, it's definitely tough, but I look back, I would not have been at the level I made it to or where I am today if it was not for those adversities. Like they, in the end, made me better you know, they made me grow going through those tough, tough times. And you just got to always find a way to turn it into a positive. And, and I know it's easier said than done, but if you can do that, the biggest blessings will come from that. And when you get on the other side of it, you won't even recognize yourself. You know, you will just be like, wow. And, you know, that's one thing, like, you know, I think our biggest legacy is every life that we can touch for the better. And, 
you know, if, if my story maybe inspires somebody to do that, then it is well worth doing this interview or, you know, just trying to put myself out there and, and be honest about, you know, the different things I face and, and not say, hey, no, it, it was it was easy to overcome. No, it was tough. You know, I, I had to rely on, you know, my support system, different people. I, I've been blessed with a community of great people that have helped me get through those difficult times. Well, I want to talk about that, too, because um, in 2017, so you've had a lot of success. You've been inducted into the um, Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. And you're out. I think you were out on the court, actually. And you noticed you had some vision issues. And Again, you would dealt something that I think um, you and I have in common, which is cancer and being able to survive that. So talk a little bit about that time in your life. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So I, I can remember I was having a little bit of difficulty driving at night um, and I had LASIK eye surgery back in, oh, I think it was 2003. And I had always heard that after the 10 year mark, you sometimes need a touch up. So um, my mom was a school nurse. And one time, uh, you know, I was at home for a holiday and I said, Hey, we just test my eyes. And she's like, yeah, you might need to go into the eye doctor. And, and then, uh, you know, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll just wait because I didn't click vision coverage. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll wait till the next year, you know? Um, but I, I was, you know, this was like, I think in November and, you know, I was just struggling in practice, um, catching basketballs. And I was like, okay, I need to go to the eye doctor. This is driving me crazy that I have to focus to catch a ball, something that, you know, I've done over and over every day in my life. So I'm like, okay, time to go to the eye doctor. So I decide we have a Wednesday um, off and I call on a Monday. I'm like, okay, if I can get in, I'll go. But if not, I'm waiting a year. You know, I'm just going to put up with it. Well, um, it just so happened that um, the lady at the doctor's office said right before I called, they had a cancellation because there's no way I would have got in on this Wednesday when I call on a Monday and they got me in and, you know, I'm at the eye doctor and, you know, basically I'm thinking, oh, it's just going to be this quick thing. I'm either going to get contacts or a LASIK touch up, you know, it's just an evaluation basically. Well, it's like two hours later and they're like, we can't correct your left eye. And um, they said, you know, we're going to figure out why. And they saw a mask behind my eye and I'm still like, not even, you know, nervous. Cause you know, like sometimes you go to the doctor and you're like, oh, this could be serious, but I'm, I'm in the mindset of getting contacts, you know, and I've never heard of eye cancer or anything like that. Yeah. So I, so then, um, basically they're like, we're going to have you see our retina specialist the next day. And I didn't let myself Google it or anything, but I can remember my, my two siblings are doctors and they're like, oh, it's probably either like this one kind of benign tumor or um, ocular melanoma, but they're like, oh, we're sure it's not ocular melanoma. That's such a rare cancer. It's six in a million, you know? So I go back the next day and the um, specialist says, this is so rare. I've never diagnosed it, but I'm pretty certain it's ocular melanoma. And then they got me into a specialist in St. Louis. There's you know, really at the time there was three in the country that really kind of specialized it, in it and it was in St. Louis. And so, um, you know, it was just shock um, to be diagnosed with that. Like I said, I wasn't at all prepared for anything serious. And, you know, I just, in my family, we don't really have a history of cancer, but um, I, I will tell you, you know, I don't wish cancer on anyone, but it has really truly been one of the bigger blessings in my life just because, it's, it's transformed me in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm better because of it. You know, um, it, it, re, it made me realize none of us are, are promised tomorrow, none of us. And so 
just win the day, win today, make the most of today, um, and, and just be truly present. I mean, be where your feet are. Like that's what it's really taught me to be truly present. And obviously you get your value system in, in line. Um, you know, people are a priority for me now. I mean, not, not that they haven't been in the past, but at another level. And I want to treat everybody I come across as if they're going to die at midnight. And, and that's my mentality. So, you know, if somebody comes at me angry, I'm going to, I think to myself, they might die at midnight. So, you know, I need to treat them, you know, just with kindness. And so, you know, it, it's, and it taught me to be fearless. And that's really what made me take the leap from going from Missouri state coaching at my alma mater, my comfort zone. I had two homes there, all this stuff, lots of friends to taking the leap and being an assistant coach at Oklahoma. Um, you know, I'm just like, I want to grow and become the best I can be. And this is what I have to do. I have to get uncomfortable. If we are going to grow, we have to get uncomfortable. And I'm like, what am I waiting for? So, so, you know, it's, it's it was tough, but it's been definitely one of the biggest blessings because, you know, I, I've learned so much from it. You know, I just have the gift, the mortality of blessing as far as I don't want to waste a second because at a young age, I've seen that, you know, I go every six months to find out if my cancer is spread and there's not a cure for my cancer. So, you know, I just don't want to waste a moment and I, I try to win every day now. You know, I, I love reading about um, just how the community and all these people came around you during that time, because I think that's a testament of who you were off the court. You know, I know they were cheering for you on, on the court, but that's more of a testament of who you were off the court. And and the other thing that I find very fascinating is, and I, I can't remember where I read this, but you had said you had had all the success and you were coaching at your alma mater and that like you were having great success there. You were, you know, doing great things there, but it was like a comfort zone to you and you needed courage to step out. Cause I think a lot of us go, what? Like, You've been the, the poster person for courage and ambition, but again, still you had somewhere in you that you were doubting, you know, doubting, stepping out. And I see this with just the people that I coach and work with, I'll read their resumes and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I talk to them and they think the same thing, like that imposter syndrome or, you know, I'm not good enough. So walk us through understanding that you know, like, could you, could you win another award? Could you set another record and then doubt or need courage to go, you know, go coach at this, this happened to be at OU, but so help us through that process in your mind. Yeah. And, and you reminded, yes. One, one thing that I was so blown away by was the support when I was diagnosed from, with cancer and I was so touched and I know I will never, ever be able to pay all that back. I mean, from just people, the text, the, the letters, the, I mean, financial support, you name it, people were by my side. I was just blown away. And, you know, I, I remember being so sick of treatment and my mom was reading, you know, these cards that people sent and that, that uplifted me and got me through a very difficult time. And I vowed from that moment that I will do a, a, some act of kindness every single day, you know, ideally more than one per day, but that is the minimum. I want to do some small act of kindness for somebody else because of how it touched me. And whenever I speak, I challenge others to do that too, because just that little, you know, whether it's a note in the, in the mail or, you know, a uplift 
posting texts, you don't realize how how meaningful that can be for someone else or someone going through a difficult time. Um, so there's that. But yes, the second thing is, you know, we all have fear, no, no matter, you know, what we've accomplished. And it made me be more fearless. But, you know, I think one of the things for me is I had that confidence athletically, you know, that I could accomplish anything I set my mind to, but I hadn't done it in a, as a coach. You know, I, I just, I had this, fear like I had to be perfect because of how people pictured me as the athlete Jackie Styles athlete but hey I had never coached you know I mean this is my first experience and I had to let go of being perfect and the biggest lesson I learned in my two years at Oklahoma I had not gotten much experience as far as teaching drills on the court and coach Cole made me the defensive coordinator I had never taught one defensive drill in my life But going through that, it taught me that what made me successful as an athlete, and I'd say the one, the biggest key for me was my work ethic. Well, that translated and I was so out of my comfort zone at times, but man, have I grown. Like I don't even recognize myself as a coach. So you've got to continue to put yourself in those positions that, that challenge you because that's only the only way you're going to see what you're truly made of. And I'm so thankful I did it. I'm so thankful. Well, you don't know this, but I was at a press conference as they were announcing the new head coach at OU. And I was happened to be standing around two or three people. And a lady said, you know, my niece committed to go to OU all because of coach styles. And she is just on her seat you know, and, and when I heard that, I, heard, I even have goosebumps when I heard that, you know, you and I had connected um, through the basketball program and the Sooner Stilettos and you were our liaison. And when I heard that, what I, sometimes you hear people say things, you know, or like, here's my philosophy, here's what I do. And then there's people that live that out and you live that out. And that's, I just have so much respect for you because I hear that from the players and their respect for you and, you know, and yes, they, they know who you are because of the legacy you've left for women's basketball, but then they experience you and it, it aligns. And that's what I love about you. Um, I will also say, you know, we didn't know each other that well at all, maybe had talked once on the phone, maybe a board meeting. um, And you found out that uh, my dad had cancer and was going through a tough time. And you sent me a handwritten note to my home. And when I got that, I thought, okay, you're the busiest person I probably know at the time. Cause it was the middle, it was in the middle of basketball season. It wasn't like, you know, you were kicked back on the beach. And so that, that's what I love is like, you do those things that you say are important to you. And, and that I think, just makes you better, you know, that just makes you better every day. And it brings the right people around you. Oh, well, well, thank you. And I've just learned that you always have to be authentic in your leadership. And, you know, my biggest goal is to help people find their significance. And in coaching, I want to teach them how to, you know, how to think and how to act. And really, the only way you can do that is by modeling it, you know, you have to do what what you're trying to get others to do, you have to do it yourself. And so that is one of the biggest compliments you could give me. So thank you, Annette. And you no, know, I 
I, I know you went through a very difficult time and you were inspiring because what you were all doing during a difficult time inspired me. So I'm so glad we were able to connect. I know, I know. There's always those times that I think are appointed um, by a greater power than ourselves. So the, the last thing I want to talk about is in working with the um, college players and me having a better awareness that these young women and, and the group I'm, that I'm a part of, the Stilettos, is really about mentoring and helping them to not have their peak be college basketball so that you know it launches them and that they can translate what they do on the court into their professional life. And I think it's interesting to me because business leaders now look to sports or coaching as a way to develop their people and learn skill sets that they don't have. So it's just, it's interesting from my background to, to what you're doing. If, if you're, if you were to think of a few things that you think, cause you've crossed over into leadership, into a career, what are those things that you think make you just somebody that people want to follow somebody that they're going to listen to that, that, you know, you, you are only inspirational if people get inspired. Right. So it's <laughs> like, it has to be a transfer. So what, what are the two or three things you would tell leaders that you think are important in really kind of stepping into that realm? Um, well, one of the things um, I've learned from Coach Cole, and wow, you know, what a phenomenal leader that I got to, to learn from in the last couple of years, and um, is she really does inspire belief in people, and she does it by inspiration and not out of fear. Um, so it, it's like, you know, pointing out the positive or pointing out what you what you need to do instead of what you did wrong, you know? Um, so just instilling that confidence and belief in, in, in people that are under you, I think is, is critical. Um, you know, just um, remembering your value system and like I said, modeling it, you have to model what you are expecting from others. And, and you have to be the person that no job is too small for you. you you're willing to do anything you know that needs to be done and I think instilling like ownership like basically like one thing I've learned in coaching is you know ask questions you know let them come up with the answer because if they do they are going to be so much more bought in to when they actually figure it out you know so like coach Cole gave me so much ownership she she said you're going to be in charge of the defense and I want you to think of think of it as you're the head coach of defense so that really made me want to buy in and I, I I would work you know day and night trying to be the best defensive coordinator I possibly could become because she gave me that confidence that she wanted me to run it she wanted me to be in charge of it so um, making sure that everybody has a part and they feel valued I think is critical to, to success. Well those are all great great suggestions so thank you so much you're really inspiring we're I know all going to be watching to see what, what your next career move is and where you go because um, you will be successful no matter where you go. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on and doing what you're doing. It's definitely inspiring. Hey all, Annie here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leaders Spotlight. Make sure to visit our website, AnnetteKlozowski.com, 
forward slash leaders spotlight, where you can find resources mentioned on this show, as well as past episodes. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at leaders spotlight.